This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One of the big questions is, what is money? For practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you believe in crypto? Digital currency may be an answer. But it is the highly speculative asset. I do own Bitcoin. There is no second best. Welcome to the Crypto Curious podcast, proudly brought to you by the Bamboo app. Crypto Curious is your go-to source for all things cryptocurrency. Whether you're a seasoned pro or new to the world of crypto, we've got you covered. Each week, we'll break down the top news stories of the past seven days, giving you the information you need to stay on top of the latest trends and developments. Plus, we'll share quick bites of news and insights that you won't want to miss. If you're new to crypto, we recommend starting back with our early episodes, where we break down the basics and give you a solid foundation to understand the crypto world. Join us as we explore the ever-evolving world of crypto cryptocurrency and educate ourselves along the way. Let's dive in together and discover the exciting potential of crypto. I'm joined by my mates Blake and Craig on the show today as we look at the last seven days of crypto news. Hi guys, welcome to the show today. Hey mate. G'day Trace, what's going on? I wanted to start off today by having a little chit-chat just about the market and where we sit today, ladies and gentlemen, Tuesday the 21st of March. 2023 because let, let's just just take a moment because we love doing the show we love sitting here we love telling you about the news and what's going on in crypto but let's actually talk about the market for a minute because bitcoin is currently up 52% this year and ethereum is up 41% so woohoo round of applause and i just want to say that that is rather extraordinary considering what a tumultuous few weeks we've had in the traditional finance market and in the crypto scene. So I wanted to get our collective thoughts. So Blake, I'm going to go to you first. Is this awesome? Are we, you know, are we seeing an unfounded pump here? What are your thoughts, mate? Yeah, pretty interesting to see this kind of bear market rally. Uh, It's been pretty incredible. There's so much volatility in this market, both up and down. No one knows which way it's going. There's new news, (laughs) crazy stuff behind every corner. And for now, the narratives really got behind the Fed turning back on the money printer to firm up the balance sheet of some of these banks and create liquidity for them. And yeah, I think people are a little bit bullish now on crypto because this is really the reason why crypto was built you know, in response to unstable banking system. Mm, okay, so you touched on a few things there. Love the fact that, you know, we're coming back full circle. This is why crypto was built, Bitcoin, you know, to up, go up against the banks. But you touched on there the Fed's pivot about this endless, you know, cash that we've got going on. Are you thinking, Craig, that this is where this is coming from? Definitely. Um, we saw it with COVID, the greatest bull market the world's ever seen when the money printers were on fire and the steamy checks were going in everyone's wallet. Um, crypto, <laughs> Dogecoin, 
Shiba Inu were all pumping. But do you guys remember the Feed and Greed Index? That's how long it's been. One of my favourite indicators. I know we haven't talked about Craig's favourite Fear and Greed Index. Where do you think it's at now? Have a look. Well, I've just had a look and yeah. the greed is the highest it's been since November 2021, which was the top. So wow. it's at 68. So it's not quite in the 90s just yet. Yes, very greedy out there, Trace. Okay, then. So we're talking about the fact that the bank's in trouble and Bitcoin could be a possible um, pivot or a saviour. Yes, and there was a um, crypto influencer. Have you guys heard about this guy, Balajai? He, he reckons Bitcoin will be a million dollars in 90 days. So that's been getting that's been making the rounds, um, which, of course, is a, you know, that's a 40x in 90 days. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he's a bit of a big deal, that guy. Apparently, you know, he's, he's made some big calls throughout his time and I think he's a renowned kind of technologist and VC guy. So he was the CTO of Coinbase as well. So he does know his stuff. But I think, you know, a million in 90 days is the biggest call of all time. Drunk too much of the Kool-Aid over there at Coinbase, I think. But um, yeah, I'd love to see, love to see the attention. Yeah, obviously. He's, saying, he's basically saying this hyperinflation that we're seeing now, the whole Bitcoin narrative is, is going to pump it. But I think 90 days is a bit mental. You know, I, I think that's really the foundations of this narrative. You know, if the Fed keeps having to print to get themselves out of every sticky situation, we could see more and more inflation then eventually hyperinflation. And then that could result in, you know, more people or the, the masses coming across and using digital assets um, because of their, you know, because of their qualities. And that could drive, you know, million dollar Bitcoin one day. Absolutely. <laughs> I've heard someone on Twitter say for a million dollar Bitcoin, coffee will have to cost seven grand. So, I mean, is it even a good thing if Bitcoin gets to a million? What are our users rounding up their coffees to? Interesting. Uh, look, I think we've got a few things that are going to happen in the US over the next week that will show where inflation goes to. I think the, if the FOMC come, FOMA comes out uh, in the next couple of days as well. So let's do a little bit of a prediction as we round this out on where you two think price action is going to go in the next couple of months, even in the next couple of weeks. I mean, Blake said, who knows what's going to happen around the corner. We certainly have no crystal ball. We don't know. But what are your predictions? We're not going to hold these two, but we may come back in a month or two and have a look. What do we think is going to happen? Craig, you can go first. Well, you know I'm a raging bull, but I <laughs> am do. sensible. The, halv- the halving's <laughs> next year, so we all know that's a catalyst. I think Bitcoin will trade between 20 and 30 grand for the rest of the year. In that range, I think we'll just crab, much like we saw in 2018, early 2019 and then the lead up was when we'll see the pump but I think yeah Ethereum will probably trade one to two thousand throughout the whole year good accumulation time I still think yeah, I think you're really you're really picking up most of the bell curve there Craig it's going to be hard to be wrong <laughs> <laughs> well like people are saying obviously old mate saying a one mil I've seen people calling for 50k like let's be mm. reasonable but I think a little mm-hmm. mini alt season with this airdrop, which we'll get into, but I'm pretty pumped about that. But let's see where we get to short term. We might get up to 35K, Trace. Who knows? I did hear you say the other day on a call not to touch any altcoins, including Ethereum. Not just yet. Oh, not just yet. Okay. I don't know if I said Ethereum, did I? You mm. did. You said don't touch Ethereum, just stick to Bitcoin. I've never heard you say that before. Wow. Tracy, this changes everything. <laughs> I just feel that Bitcoin is the best investment at this point in time. Blake, what's your prediction? Yeah, you know, all I can predict is that there's going to be volatility. There's Markets are unstable. 
Um, there's lots happening in the macro, you know, with banks failing, uh, interest rates, who knows where they're going to go up or down, uh, money printing. And yeah, um, of course, we're still in a bear market um, officially. So who knows what's going to happen except for volatility, I believe. Yeah. Two very good predictions there. And like you said, we don't, you know, we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know where it's going to go, but all we do know there is volatility. But I am a little bit more um, optimistic than I would have been uh, maybe two or three weeks ago, which is funny considering what's happened over the last two weeks. But I'm just really impressed at the staying power of Bitcoin over this volatility and what's happened in, you know, the macro and the other markets. So I feel that we um, will have a few dips along the way, but I'm very, very similar to, to Craig's um, methodology there. I do feel that we'll be range bound. I f- don't feel that we'll dip any any lower as far as Bitcoin goes, maybe 17 or 18 if we went even that low. And I think the, the highest we'll see is is maybe 30 by the end of the year. I think it's just important to point out is what we're seeing on the Bamboo app is that there's, you know, not too many more new inflows of capital compared to, say, a month ago. And so, you know, the thesis there would be that it's not retail pushing the market up. Um, it's either people deploying the stable coins or institutional investors. And, you know, or it could just be the people that are already in the market. So, you know, it just makes me think mm. that it's going to be hard to sustain a a, a a run like this if there's no new capital coming into the ecosystem. 100%. And let's leave that there, folks. We'll come back and check out our predictions maybe mid-year and see how we've how we've gone. So the other big news this week, which Craig mentioned earlier, was with Arbitrum and the announcement that they would finally be doing an airdrop to their users. The airdrop of its governance token ARB to their community members will happen on March the 23rd and aims to decentralise its network. Craig uh, has been eagerly awaiting this one and banging on about it all bloody week. So we're going to get him to give you the lowdown on that one. Will do, Trace. I've actually been banging on about this for 18 months and finally Finally, very excited to be eligible for an airdrop. <laughs> so Arbitrum is essentially a layer two of Ethereum, which we've covered in previous episodes. I would say it's a competitor to Polygon, Matic, um, and Optimism. So pretty much there are a bunch of DeFi apps all built on Arbitrum. And why people use Arbitrum is that it's cheaper transactions. So like we've spoken about GMX before, a decentralized trading platform which is built on Arbitrum. So there's a bunch of use cases and a bunch of users on Arbitrum. I think they had around 800,000 people who interacted with the protocol over the last 18 months. And they've finally announced that they're going to be having a token, which everyone needs a token apparently. And they're going to be airdropping their token to people who have used the platform before February of this year. So similar to Uniswap, which was in the middle of 2020, Arbitrum has said to people to connect your wallet to the Arbitrum Foundation and you can see how much Arbitrum you have earned over the last 18 months. So um, I earned an X amount of Arbitrum because I engaged with five protocols. I made three trades, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a bunch of sort of eligibility criteria to earn it. And the whole premise of the token is it's going to be a governance token, which means that any new developments that the Arbitrum Foundation will work on will be voted on by the token holders. Okay, so I was just about to ask you exactly why do we need this token so we can vote on different things that Arbitrum will now be implementing on their site. Yeah, so this is a, this is a very um, common model with DAOs. So Arbitrum has been a private company 
for the last 18 months, but now they're transitioning to a DAO, which means token holders will govern and decide what the platform works on next. And this is quite common with MakerDAO, Compound, and a bunch of... I don't think Compound's a DAO, actually, but it is common with MakerDAO, which is probably the best use case. Blake? Yeah, uh, exactly. It's very hard for a new project to be classified as fully decentralized without some sort of network effect or, you know, like you said, hundreds of thousands of people using it. So under the law, that's one of the tests that you would have to pass is being sufficiently decentralized. Uh, so that's why sometimes they start off as a centralized organization. It's easy to organize, it's easy to control, but once they're to a certain size, they can transition across to being um, governed in a decentralized way. So how do they then um, distribute this ARB token so that it's there's not a whale holding a certain amount? Well, it's, they can never do it perfectly, but I believe they did engage the analytics platform called Nansen to help them determine who should earn how many tokens. Um, obviously, there's Twitter whales who have 60 wallets who are earning, you know, 50K each. But I feel like they've been pretty fair with this and they've allocated it to pretty much everyone who is, who's engaged more than three times with the protocols before February. So it's kind of loose. Because what I'm saying is if you, you've been waiting for this for a long time and there's sites out there to say, hey, engage here because we think they're going to do an airdrop. So people could go out, set up a certain amount of wallets, engage with numerous amounts of wallets and then collect, you know, a certain amount of, you know, tokens to then... Well, to be fair, with Arbitrum, they always said they would never do a token, but everyone's like, you are doing a token. So they have denied it in the past. And I think that's to stop the fact of people... I think it's called airdrop washing, how people would just interact once... Then they wanted to build like a loyal user base before they had an airdrop. So what do you guys think? Because obviously a lot of capital will be not injected into the markets, but people will have these tokens that they can now sell. What do you guys think will happen to the market? Because I, I assume it will have some sort of effect. How are they priced as well? We don't know. You know, we've seen we've seen airdrops where the price is tanked as soon as people have grabbed them, particularly if the price is high. For example, if people are making you know, thousands of dollars, they want to cash some of that in. Um, but also I think that there's people that believe in the long-term future of the project and would be happy to hold. So I think you're going to get both dynamics. Interesting. And it'll it'll only be available where when it comes out on, on the site? Well, when you connect your wallet on the official Arbitrum Foundation website. Now, be careful. This thing is scams it everywhere right now with Arbitrum. And then you can sell it on Binance. I think Binance committed to listing it. Mm. Coinbase are going to list it. So a bunch of big centralized exchanges will list it. And then you can just send it from your wallet straight to your exchange wallet if you do want to sell. Or you can sell on Uniswap. Interesting. Maybe I think maybe once this happens, we'll come back and have a chat about it next week and see what's happened. So we'll do a little bit of a round out then. Moving on. So DeFi faced its own contagion event last week after Eula Finance was drained of nearly $200 million when their protocol was hacked. It was a major blow for the sector as Eula had been seen as a next great building block after the likes of Compound and Aave. The hack is the sixth largest in DeFi history and despite the massive sum, the company actually offered the hacker a way out. They said, return 90% of the stolen funds by Thursday and will drop charges. And this is what they told the hacker last week in a message embedded in an Ethereum transaction. So the hack happened on the 13th of March and they had no reply. So Thursday came and went 
event. And then yesterday on the 12th of March, there was a development, Craig. Correct, Trace. So the hacker made contact on chain to EULA. So this is seven days after sending funds to a red flagged North Korean address. The hacker claimed they want to come to an agreement. They said, we want to make this easier on all those affected. No intention of keeping what is not ours. Setting up secure communication, let us come to an agreement. So they clearly want a deal. So however this plays out, this is another DeFi hack. We all say DeFi is the future of finance, but it feels like there's a hack every week. What do you think, how damaging is this, Blake, to the ecosystem? Yeah, you know, the more these things happen, the more diligent projects will become, the better the infrastructure and the service providers will become at helping projects protect against these sorts of things. Now, as I understand, ULA had their smart contracts audited externally, um, which is what you're supposed to do. It's even better if you can have the smart contracts externally audited by more than one party, um, two or three, in case one or two missank. Uh, but still, there was a vulnerability as a result. They've been hacked. Uh, I think that it's interesting that the hackers are happy to negotiate. $200 million is a lot of money, but certainly mm. as we know, um, it's very, it's becoming more and more easy for the authorities to track these coins, move around the internet. And, you know, these guys obviously want a payday. Um, if they can get 10%, 20 million, they're, they're, they're sitting sweet. Um, so yeah. We can circle back on this one as well next week just to see what happens and how those communications go. And you might be able to explain this one a little bit further to me. They talked about the possible contagion from this event with other DeFi platforms because of what they call the DeFi Legos. What do they mean by that? Yes, I actually, I got one for you, Trace. Please tell me. So there is actually an app I was looking at last week. So it's called Handle Finance, right? So on Handle Finance, you can DCA using smart contracts, which I think is a great idea. And I don't think they've executed it quite well, but they were actually using Eula Finance as part of their lending product. So you could DCA into a lended pool of Ethereum over time. And they were sort of the Legos that you're talking about. They're not facilitating those trades. They're using Eula Finance. So now since they've been compromised, now Handle Finance are compromised. And I'm sure that's one example of... The building blocks of Lego where they are all intertwined. The building blocks, exactly mm. right. Makes sense. Is that what you were going to say, Blake? Yeah, you know, these um, these platforms are being used as infrastructure for smaller startups to build on top of them. Uh, so, yeah, if obviously the underlying protocol goes down, um, that it affects everything else that's been on, built on top of it. And what we're seeing is a layering effect here. And I expect, you know, we're going to see dozens of different layers eventually, you know, with Ethereum being a layer one, these Arbitrums being layer twos, you know, these dApps being layer threes, um, and then, you know, these smaller dApps being built on top of these other dApps being like a fourth layer um, and we're just going to see more and more abstraction to create better products. But, you know, these base layers need to be really robust. And I think this is part of the maturing process that we're, we're going through. Okay, there you go. Again, we'll maybe circle back on that again next week, Greg. I was going to say, like, if you want to lend, you got DeFi, which has the code risk, or you could do CeFi, which is Celsius. Then you've got the people being greedy risk. So it's like you can't win. Yeah, yeah. You're best off just being safe or just 
diversifying a bun- across a bunch of protocols. So if this does happen, you're not, you know, overly exposed. But I would argue that, you know, there's far less risk in using a platform like Aave because the code is open sourced. Okay, that's it, folks. Time for a break here. When we come back, we've got our short, sharp news bites. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back. You're listening to the Crypto Curious Podcast, and we're on with our short, sharp news bites this week. Blake, you can go first, mate. Yeah, for sure. So Coinbase um, is exploring setting up a separate crypto trading platform outside of the US. Now, Coinbase's institutional clients of Coinbase Global have been contacted by the firm about the plans to potentially set up a new crypto trading platform abroad. And this comes after pressure from the US regulators. And it just really makes a lot of sense that Coinbase are looking to also set up abroad because I know Brian Armstrong feels as though that he's, uh, you know, spinning in circles a little bit trying to, you know, deal with regulators. Craig, what's up next? So YouTubers who promoted FTX are being sued in a class action lawsuit. According to Legal Eagle on Twitter, a very credible source, he says this is a cut and paste job of the lawsuit against Tom Brady, literally the same lawyers, plaintiffs and claims. So the FTX drama is still kicking on. So they're basically just going after all of the influencers now. So Yes. It will be a lengthy process, but I, I can't see much happening from this. But Good luck with that. What's up next? So Pokemon could be getting into NFTs. The Pokemon company, TPC, are currently hiring a senior NFT and Metaverse expert. Um, So this was inevitable in my mind. I knew this was going to happen. So the likes of Axie Infinity uh, were very close, a very close clone of Pokemon that was almost identical. Logan Paul and his fans have lost thousands of dollars on their crypto zoo where players (laughs) were hatching little um, NFT eggs that looked exactly like Pokemon babies and other things. So I'm not surprised that this is happening. Um, It's probably going to be a little while away anyway because Pokemon kids and people that follow it, and it's not just kids, my kids are obsessed, but a lot of adults that I know are obsessed anyway. Um, This is ripe for the picking. So when this does happen you know, watch this space. And I think that, to be honest, uh, TPC and the Pokemon crew are late to the party. They should have done this a lot earlier. Um, so we'll see how that one goes. Is Pokemon still a thing with oh the kids? Is oh, it? I, did, I just bought three packs today. Silver no Tempest. Way. It's out. It's the big one. Yeah, wow, it's huge. huge. i got an edgy story here. Microsoft is reportedly working on an integration of a crypto and non-fungible token-friendly Web3 wallet into the Edge web browser. Now, this is exciting news, ladies and gentlemen. It appears that the wallet will be non-custodial and Microsoft will not, I repeat, will not have access to your passwords and recovery keys. The passwords, uh, your keys will be embedded right into the browser itself and not in the extensions. So can you use MetaMask on the Edge browser? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Okay, cool. They're just going after their own product, oh, which makes sense a little bit. They want to be p- part of it. So, yeah, 
We'll see how that goes. Very edgy. So Nike are continuing their NFT and crypto experiments. They're launching the first Nike Air Force One sneakers tied to NFT. So if you hold this special NFT, you will be the only ones that can receive these Air Force Ones. So more real life integration. That'll be huge. That'll be big news when that happens. You reckon? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. That'll be massive. So we're going to go to some homegrown news here in Australia. So first up this week, so an influencer and friend of Bamboo actually and the crypto curious named Jordan Franklin and she's also known as the happy spender out there. She has launched a crypto education platform with her co-founder Samantha Smith. So the learning platform is called Dear Crypto and it's for real beginners in the crypto space and she's aiming to empower people and help them to understand and come to their own conclusions around the crypto space. So this one's really exciting for me and we do love Jordan and what she does in the space. So Dear Crypto, check it out. We'll put a link in the description below. So if anyone has got any friends who are keen to learn a bit more, check it out. Um, we'd love to support Jordan and what she's what she's up to. Yeah. And Jordan got started on TikTok. She did like 100 days of crypto. Do you yes. remember seeing that a few years ago? Mm. And I think, um, you know, this course is all about the things that you know, she wished she learnt at the start. So it's a great education piece. So mm. definitely check it out in the show notes. For sure. Staying in Australia, Immutable are excited to announce that they are aligning with Polygon Labs in an industry-defining partnership to accelerate the development and adoption of Web3 Gaming. Just today, they announced the Immutable ZK EVM, which will be powered by Polygon. And this effectively will see a combination of the NFT marketplace and the games that are being built on top of Immutable to now be um, utilizing the technology of Polygon. So again, similar with Arbitrum, you know, the Polygon Immutable EVM compatible blockchains will be quicker, mm. extremely cheap to use, which will be perfect for microtransactions. Polygon bull now? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm sorry. But Alluvium, which is a huge game, they're actually building on top of Immutable. So Immutable will probably work in the background um, and they'll be, you know, working to bring on these Web 2 games into Web 3. Another Aussie homegrown company. There you go. Exactly. Good to have a little bit of Aussie news there at the end. And that rounds out the episode today, folks. So thanks again for joining us. As always, if you want us to talk about anything else or if you think that we missed a really good bit of news this week, then please send us an email to podcast at getbamboo.io. If you're interested in finding out a bit more about Bamboo, then please email us and um, ask some questions as well. We've got the Facebook community going for Crypto Curious as well. Jump in there. Please rate and review us as well if you're liking the show. Um, So don't forget to do that and join us again next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye for now. See you guys. Bye. Crypto Curious is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Crypto Curious are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act of 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the EquityMates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. 
In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Crypto Curious acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.